Hey guys, welcome to the Anti-Macro Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Diana Lee. I spent years steeped in diet culture, obsessively weighing, measuring, and tracking my food. In 2019, I ditched macro tracking for good, and now I've made it my mission to help you swap diets for real food freedom. It's time to unfuck your mindset and stop letting food control you. Let's dive in. So kick us off. I would love for you to start with introducing yourself. Tell us a little bit more about your personal story, what you do, what you stand for. Give people the vibe. Yeah. My name is Mariah. I'm an online health and fitness coach. I do like small group women's strength training classes as well, but my majority of my business is all online. My purpose, I guess, or like my goal with my business is just to help women live a more fulfilled lifestyle through lifting weights and building confidence in the gym, as well as living a more alcohol-free lifestyle. And that's kind of where my business has started going and I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, and I love how you integrated the alcohol-free lifestyle with your business as well, because I'm mm-hmm. sure you see that there's quite a few people who are either curious about it or are looking to yeah. that space, but definitely struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for myself, I realized that it really does go hand in hand. And I know you can have so much balance with drinking and working out and stuff, but I found that I didn't have very much balance at all through it. And like, yeah, it's like completely changed my life being alcohol free. Yeah, Can't even (laughs) express how much. Yeah. (laughs) Talk a little bit more about that though. Like where were you pre-sobriety? What was your Mm -hmm. lifestyle? was your relationship with alcohol? Like, what did it look like to not have that balance for you? Yeah, well, I actually had my daughter really young when I was 18. And so through that, when I turned 21, I really was in this mindset of, I missed out on so much. I wasn't able to live my life, like how other people went to college and like did all that kind of stuff. And so for myself, my mindset was, I deserve this. I can go out. I should party. I should, you know live it up on the weekends or whatever it is. And I really dove into that and kind of got lost through that. And I had no, like literally no control over my drinking habits. I was also going through a breakup during like my, like right when I turned 21. And so on the days that I didn't have my daughter, that was my main, I would always go out to the bars and like, you know, that's just what I would do. And from that, I also worked in restaurants growing up, like from the time I was 15 to a few years ago, I was always working in restaurants and that was just kind of the the lifestyle and like what I was around all the time was you get off your shift, you go to the bar and you get drinks half off. And that's just kind of how it was. And then, you know, the bars or the club was close by there. So we would always just go, go there. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely didn't have any kind of balance with, with alcohol prior to now. Yeah. It's the restaurant industry really is like one of the party scenes. I worked in, so I literally worked at a bar and we were drinking. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. On That was like the norm. I would get in and like drink a little bit of my Dunkin' Donuts and then we'd pour a little bit of alcohol into our cup. It was just like standard. So I completely understand being in that environment. Yeah. 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 And it's really hard too when just, you know, everybody's in it. And so there's not very many sober restaurant workers or like bartenders you know there is but like not (laughs) at least not at my restaurant so yeah everybody that I was surrounded with was definitely in that same mindset and just being I mean obviously I was young too so 
just not having anybody around me who wasn't in that lifestyle was, you know, it was hard. I mean, I can only imagine how you felt because I know how I was at that age, right? Between those ages of 18, Mm -hmm. 21, and then even a little bit further beyond that, I was in my very first phase and that Mm -hmm. was a huge driver of my partying phase. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to live my life, do what I want. And for you, you had to give part of your life to raising your daughter and coming and having those feelings like, oh, I missed out. I can completely understand why you would, you know, go full force into that lifestyle and that environment. Yeah, no, it definitely, it's weird too, because it just kind of turned into this excuse of like, yeah, like I deserve that. And that literally became, and everybody around me, all of my friends were like, oh, come on, Mariah, you deserve it. You're always home with, with your daughter. It's your time. And yeah, I got so lost in that. And now freedom, sweet freedom. (laughs) freedom. So when did you, when did you decide to venture into sobriety? What was that journey like? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't an immediate switch unless it was. Uh, Not at all. (laughs) No. So actually for, I believe I was 24 when I went sober, but prior to that, I had been on my like, I mean, I've always like worked out and always been pretty active. I would show up to the gym, hung over all the time. (laughs) That was just like, who I was, but like never missed a workout, but I don't know how I made a lot of those workouts. But for the most part, I guess like when I was working on dieting or I really wanted to lose weight, I knew that alcohol was something that would hold me back or derail my progress because it was really hard to diet and then go out every single weekend and party. And so I did a couple different things where I would try to quit drinking. And I did one of those like Arbonne reset diets. And I remember this moment specifically was, it was like a 30 day reset. You get rid of everything, alcohol, gluten, dairy, all of the things. And you drink the shakes. And like, I really was like, my goal was to lose weight. And I made it, I think 20 days. And I went out to the bar and I blacked out and I sprained my ankle and then I wasn't able to work out for, I think like a month. And I had been, you know, like I was like really consistent in the gym. And like, after that, I was like, oh my gosh, I have no control. Like I can't even go 30 days without alcohol. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. And then that, instead of that turning me to run and be like, okay, like I'm going to be committed to this, it made me spiral. And I went down into this, okay, I need to restrict calories. I need to work out every single day. I need to do all this stuff because I can't not drink because that's not like, that's just who I am. Like, apparently I can't, you know, do that. So I'm just going to do everything else to the extreme to try to balance it, which didn't balance it at all. (laughs) And so for like a year after that, I was really heavily drinking, definitely lost myself through that. And that was really hard. But at one point, I got a DUI. I was drinking after my shift and I had way too much to drink anyways. Got a DUI, got arrested. And even that like didn't even wake me up. I remember drinking the next day and totally just like a lot of self-pity and just super down on myself. And then one day from the DUI, I had to get a breathalyzer in my car. And so about three months later, I, me and my boyfriend were just at home, bought a bottle of vodka. We're like watching movies and ended up drinking most of that bottle Woke up the next day, had to take my daughter to school, but I was extremely hungover and my car wouldn't start because I was blowing over on my breathalyzer. And so I was already running late, obviously, because I was hungover and I like had to go to my shift at work. So I made her pancakes and I sat her down on the floor of this, like makes me want to cry thinking about this, (laughs) but I sat her down like on my living room floor and I, oh my gosh, sorry, I don't usually... (laughs) Um, 
but I uh, went outside and she was only three at this time. And I walked outside and I ran, was literally running speed bump to speed bump outside my front. And I'm just like, okay, I need to like sweat the alcohol out. I need to do anything. And so I'm running back and forth. And then in that moment, I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> not sweating at all. Like nothing is coming out. And I'm like, this is so silly. This is ridiculous. Who are you? The fact that your daughter is just eating pancakes late to school. I had to call out of my shift that day. It was like really emotional for me. <laughs> Clearly still is. But from that, that was my breaking point. Cause I realized my actions and everything I was doing wasn't just affecting me not showing up for work, me not making money. Like, yeah, obviously that's going to happen. But the fact that I'm not even able to drive my own daughter to school because I'm hungover. Yeah. That was like the moment where I was like, okay. And then from then I hit my first 30 days sober. And then I ended up going a year and a half without drinking any alcohol. And because of that moment, it was, I mean, it was still really hard, but because I took, could always put myself back in that like moment of how I felt I was, it was, yeah, I had my why I had my, like, I hit my rock bottom and I don't think it gets much lower than that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to just say thank you for your vulnerability and sharing like, it's not easy, but it Mm -hmm. also showed that for a lot of us, it takes multiple rock bottoms before yeah. we all of a sudden wake up. Cause a lot of times we do wallow in that, that self-pity or we excuse it or kind of like what mm-hmm. you were saying, trying to find balance. Right. And how many of us are like <laughs> trying to still drink like it's water, but yeah. then we're like, Oh, I'll just burn it off at the gym tomorrow. Or I'll just restrict my calories to offset it. And there's only so much you can do when you're literally consuming a toxin for your body. And there's only so much that yeah. you can tell yourself before it's like, reality hits yeah yeah no exactly and just through that like I did tons of research on what the actual effects of alcohol is on my body and realizing that I'm like okay yeah I'm putting toxins into my body and it's like it's insane but yeah once you hit that rock bottom moment it it changes things change (laughs) that's for sure it makes your resolve a lot stronger and I've I've hit my own multitude of rock bottoms. I haven't fully stopped Mm -hmm. myself, but I've been sober curious now for a few years and I have done a lot of research into it. I've done multiple sobriety stretches and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was okay. I just want to make sure that I'm pulling back on how much I'm drinking. And you know, I had a lot of those similar moments to you where it was like, damn, I can't go out and like control what I'm doing. So something's got to change. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, obviously the people you surround yourself with too are a huge part of that. But for myself, I realized that like, I couldn't even be around it because that's how I would just spiral. Even doing that like 30 day detox that I was trying to do, I put myself in this, I literally packed extra. I remember that day, like my friend was like, oh, we're going to the bar. And I'm like, well, I'm not going, I'm trying not to drink right now, whatever. Fully packed an outfit to go out after work. Cause I was like, well, maybe maybe I'll just go out with everybody, you know, like, I don't want to major FOMO. (laughs) I don't want to miss out on anything. And so I went out and then of course, blacked out. I'm pretty sure I went to McDonald's fully ruined, you know, like my whole diet, everything that I was doing just because yeah, I didn't have that Mm self-control. Yeah. And let's talk about the social part. Cause for a lot of people, that's exactly what they struggle Mm -hmm. with. It's the people that you surround yourself with. And a lot of times it is your go-to activity right? And if that's what your friends are doing, then that's what you're doing. And I know how incredibly difficult it is to 
you know, not drink when you're at a bar because that's what you do at a bar. So yeah. how did you navigate that? And I mean, for you, did you find that your, your friendships changed? Did you lose some friends through the process? What did that look like? Yeah. Well, my first 30 days sober, I completely had to isolate myself. I felt a lot of shame too around the story that I just told you. And it was hard for me to like even look at myself in the mirror because I felt just like the worst mom ever. And so through that, I isolated myself, but I knew that, hey, this is like my goal. Like I need, I need to change. Something needs to change because, and clearly I can't do it on my own. And so I completely isolated myself. I didn't tell anybody that I wasn't drinking. I just, like after I got off work, I would clock out and run out the door. I wouldn't even say bye to anybody where I used to make my rounds and see who was staying for a drink and like all of that kind of stuff. And I just completely shut down and left. And that was like really helpful, not talking to people <laughs> and just like literally leaving and being like, okay, I need to just leave because I know if I even dance around the situation, I'm going to fall back into it. And so yeah, I said no a lot. That was a big thing. Like my friends, I mean, even still go out every weekend and will will message me and stuff. And so back then I would just say no and not respond to text messages. And it was really hard, but at the same time, I knew that that's what I had to do. So I definitely lost friends. And then once after day 30, I posted on my Instagram and I said 30 days sober, super proud of myself. And then from there, it was literally like a ghost town nobody messaged me and nobody reached out to me. Nobody texted me. I got a couple congratulations, but only like mostly from people who had already quit drinking or who were just like in a different phase of their life. But any of my immediate friends was just kind of, yeah, just like, oh, well, I guess we're not friends with Mariah anymore. And that was, that was what, like the number one big, like hardest thing that I went through. But after that, you know, I definitely still had some friend, like close friends that I was who understood or supported me, but all of my going out friends, again, that was like, I just didn't talk to them really anymore. And I think the the reason like I made it through that first 30 days, especially is because I started habit replacing and changing a lot of things that I would do. So normally Friday and Saturday night, I would be out always. And it was almost this weird, like my body like, wanted to be out and was like, what are you doing? We're supposed to be out at the bar right now. And so I literally felt like I needed to be out and do something. So I just replaced that time with going to the gym. And every Friday and Saturday night, I would go to the gym from like 5pm to nine. And I would like, it's not like I was working out for that long, but I would literally just take my time. And it wasn't even like, okay, like I could, I mean, I do workouts in 45, 60 minutes, you know, but then I was like, mentally, I just need to be here. I'd stretch for like ever. I'd practice handstands or, you know, just like mess around in the gym, listen to podcasts that literally helped me yeah. make it through. <laughs> I mean, you gotta replace it. Two amazing points, right? So one, yeah. you had a term, my drinking friends. And that is like one of the number one things that I've learned over a period of time and, you know, always hit me really hard because as the party girl in college, I also had like these massive groups of friends, right? Like I would just be friends with yeah. everybody. It was very social when I would drink and you leave college and you don't keep in touch with any of these people and you realize, well, I really only talked to them when I was drunk. And then you realize when you start venturing into more of a sober lifestyle, whether you're going fully sober or you're cutting back. And the thing that hits you the hardest is, look, some of these people are truly that they're the, your drinking friends they're you you only know them on a surface level like do you know anything deeper about them do you know anything at all that has actually 
built a relationship? Have you spent time with them in a sober capacity? And if not, then a lot of times these people aren't your real friends. And it's not to say they can't be acquaintances and people that you enjoy hanging around, but they're not going to be the people that are going to be there in your life long after. And it's a hard, it's still a really hard transition to go through. It doesn't take away from that because that is still your social circle for a long period of time. But I think for a lot of people, they need to realize who their true friends are and who their drinking buds are and that there is truly a difference. So that's one problem. And then the second piece that you brought up that I think is key is you have to replace the habit, right? You can't be left at home twiddling your thumbs going, I'm just not going to go out because if you don't have something to replace it with, then you're obviously going to default to what's comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I did definitely realize that I had a lot of just those surface level drinking friends, which I mean, was also good because it was a lot easier to just kind of cut them out too. When I realized that there wasn't anything deeper than that, but in those moments of like, oh my gosh, I have no friends. Like that's literally how it felt. Nobody wants to hang out with me. I don't have anybody to, you know, call and hang out with. But then I just realized I don't have any like deep relationships. Are all of my relationships based on alcohol? Mm -hmm. And then from there, I was able to make deeper, more meaningful relationships. <laughs> any tips for making making friends <laughs> as an adult? I feel like so many yeah. with that, right? People are like, how the hell do I make mm -hmm. friends as an adult? And especially yeah. if you're not going to bars and if you're not drinking, what did you end up doing to meet people, build those relationships? Yeah, well, a lot of a lot of it was, I mean, a lot of my friends are from high school. Like I'm from Maui and I grew up here. So it's like, I've had a lot of people are still here and we all kind of just grew up together. But as everyone kind of started phasing out a little bit or like drinking less, um, I would just start honestly inviting people to coffee and like, or inviting people to come work out with me and kind of just start changing you know, like if I did have friendships that I wanted to still hold on to, it's just kind of like changing the habit and like changing what we would do together. So I used to go to spin classes with a lot of my friends and leave after and not go get margaritas with them. <laughs> that was a big thing that I would do. But yeah, I mean, making gym friends too. Gym friends are my, my number one friends, like literally walking up to people in the gym and being like, Hey, I like your shorts. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> And but those are like some of my best friends now <laughs> I can't. I'm like oh. that's why I do so well in like uh group class structures uh -huh. it's a lot easier to approach people but when people are yeah. just in their silos at the gym I could never and I think I have resting bitch face at the gym too so <laughs> I literally I've been eyeing this girl at the gym <laughs> and I'm like I want to be your friend but like I don't know how to approach you and she was doing hip thrust the other day and I walked up to her and I was like hey I'm Mariah. I like doing hip thrusts too. It was so <laughs> awkward in the beginning. And I was like, can I give you a tip on hip thrust? Something that helped me really do it. And then, so I like showed her and then she, like, I was kind of like walking through her, like as a friend, not as a, I'm a trainer or anything like that, but just like, Hey, this is what helped me do my hip thrust. And then now I see her every day and we're always like, Hey, like saying hi, or like, what are you training today? Whereas before we would kind of avoid eye contact because we yeah. didn't like introduce ourselves. And now I'm like one day. One day we're going to work out together and it's going to be so fun. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. And, and a lot of people don't have the balls to go up to just people at random unless yeah. mm -hmm. they're under the influence. So yeah. I like putting yourself out of your comfort zone. Those are some good tips. Yeah. Just, just throw it. <laughs> I 
And honestly, I don't think I would be who I am now or even that situation without quitting drinking. Because that is, that's who I was when I would drink. It's like, okay, if I want to talk to people or be confident or be myself, I would have to be drunk. And then from there at the bar, I was talking to everybody. I was dancing with everybody. I felt comfortable. But now I'm like, I can be completely sober, walk up to somebody, be their best friend and talk to them. And, you know, and it feels more natural because I am now so confident in who I am without alcohol. Ooh. Yeah, that hits hard because I yeah. always like a huge part of my binge drinking days was due to a lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. I could not put myself in a room of people and be comfortable and confident and talk to people without the aid of a substance. And when you start to find your own inner confidence, it becomes so much easier. And especially being around others who are drinking, you know, if you can be in that space, I mean, you're bound to run into it, right? It happens. And you feel fully confident in yourself knowing that what you stand for and that you can hold a conversation without drinking anything. Yeah. It's It's so freeing. (laughs) It really is. And in terms of replacing, you know, so replacing alcohol, replacing also those activities, did you also Mm -hmm. see other hobbies and whatnot? Because I feel like, so I I remember I saw a post somewhere from an article. It was probably Buzzfeed. Let's be real. Yeah. They talked, they surveyed people who did try alcohol free. And these Mm -hmm. people were like, I don't know what to do with my time. And I felt the same way in a lot of ways, because living in San Diego, when it's nice out, what do you do? You go out to eat or you go out to drink. And if I'm not hungry, I'm like, well, I'm only left with one choice. What else am I supposed to do? And I've been trying to find other things to do. So what sort of ideas do you have for people who want to go sober and need to fill their time now all of a sudden? Yeah. Well, number one thing for me, I, I love working out. It's like, I just, I feel so comfortable going to workout classes and trying new things with gym. So if that's something that you're comfortable with, I would start booking those happy hour classes. So anytime between four you know, and 7 p.m. start booking group classes. And then that can just, again, like start helping you meet new people. So now you're replacing that with meeting new people, people who are more like-minded than you, you know, going out, exercising, moving their bodies, going on walks is huge. So my first 30 days of sobriety after I had my rock bottom moment, I decided that for every day I was just going to move. I didn't care if it was 10 minutes or four hours, I was going to move my body. And so I started walking or running every single day. And then I also started swimming. So I would go to the pool and swim laps, which is kind of random, but it's so nice because you can't listen to music. You can't do anything. You're just left alone with your thoughts. Um, (laughs) So it can be a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) But (laughs) with sobriety, it was actually really good because then I was just, you know, I would swim for 30 minutes to an hour at my pool, like my community pool. And yeah, it was just so nice because there's not really like anybody else there except for probably some older people like swimming laps. But from there, just being alone in your thoughts. And yeah, it's really, it was really good. I definitely recommend that. And then I would just go to the gym. So I had different workouts, obviously, that I would do. But if I wasn't in the gym, I was going for the long walk. I had this like long three mile loop that I would run walk every morning after I dropped my daughter off at school. And then in the afternoon, I would actually take her to the park after after school and stuff. And I know like 
I don't know. I feel like a lot of people don't talk about this, but when you're a mom and at the end of your day, when your kids want to go to the park, it is, at least for me, I mean, I could totally be alone in this, but when my daughter wants to go to the park, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go to the park. That is the last thing that I want to do because then we're going to have to play tag. I'm going to have to run around and chase you. And honestly, I would rather go home and have a margarita. So that kind of thing is like actually saying yes to my daughter or going and taking her to Claire's or like something that's like not like I don't enjoy that, but I know it would make her so happy. And those little connections that I get to have with her now, like replacing my, I just want to go home and sit on the couch and, and drink, or I want to go get a babysitter or, you know, go out with meet my friends, like doing little activities that have really helped through my, you know, and then again, I remember I'm doing this for her because yeah, I just, I need to be a better mom. And so I need to be doing these things and doing things with her, I guess. But yeah, those are like my, my little movement tips. But saying shit is not necessarily (laughs) your favorite thing to do in the world, even if it's for your child. Like I feel (laughs) there's definitely going to be parents out there who listen to that and they're like, yes. Yeah, you know, it feels a little awkward, but um, it's true. (laughs) Going to the park is definitely not my favorite. (laughs) Look, I love my dog, but if he, he's the worst at playing chase, this is my version of a child. (laughs) He's not very good at playing fetch. And sometimes he makes me chase him and it's exhausting. So that's what I am. If you have to play tag with a child, I'm like, I just don't really feel like running after you, especially when he goes in circles and I get dizzy. Uh This isn't enjoyable. I love you to death. Having fun. Yeah. Exactly. 1000%. But yeah, that's funny. It's definitely, it needs to be talked about more. (laughs) I'm starting a movement. (laughs) Yeah. I found that, you know, when I, whenever you think of, if I were to be asked the question, what, like, what do I like to do for fun? And there mm-hmm. was a point where I was like, I don't know what I like to do for fun. What do oh. you mean for fun? I work. And then when I don't work, I party. And that kind of hit me hard. And I was like, I need hobbies. I don't have yeah. any hobbies. And definitely during COVID, I picked up a lot more hobbies and I mm-hmm. myself into like painting a little bit more and whatnot. And that's something even now I'm like, you know what? I need to pick that back up because I've been yeah. too busy to do my hobbies again. And I think that's another idea, especially with clients of mine who express they want to cut back on drinking and what what can they do about it? I'm like, find a hobby. What is yeah. something that you don't do because you're either out drinking or you're waking up too hungover to do it that you mm-hmm. wanted to do? Like go hiking more or go to a park and lay. Like have yeah. a picnic. I love having picnics. Yeah. No, honestly, those are things that I do too. Like going, I mean, I'm not a huge hiker, but Maui has so many beautiful hikes, but just being outside or going for beach walks for me are huge. And just, especially it's always like whenever you are triggered to drink, whether that's every Sunday morning, you go and you have brunch with your friends and you always get wasted on mimosas. If that is like the one time that you drink that is, okay, I need to replace this habit. Then what's going on on Sunday mornings? For me, there's, I don't know, like random things I can think of. There's always people playing volleyball on the beach. So, and it's usually random people that are just walking on the beach, like playing together. So going and doing that, or there's so many yoga classes that you can do Sunday mornings or Pilates classes or things like that, or trying a new hike. And I don't know, those are like just random things. You've got to take yourself away from the situation and just try trying new things and that's the only way that you're going to be able to change one of my favorite quotes is nothing changes if nothing changes 
And so if you are just continuously putting yourself in the same situation without giving yourself an opportunity to change, literally nothing is going to change. So Yes, absolutely. And it's about putting yourself in that environment, in that situation. And it's really hard, but for a lot of people who are looking to remove alcohol, a lot of times you have to do what you did and you have to remove yourself from the situation. And that's probably one of the hardest things for people. If that is your social life, if that's where your friends are, but it's worth doing it. And if your friends are legit, they'll stick around for you. You know, they'll find ways to hang out with you sober or in a capacity that works also for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, 1000%. And that's how I like my friends now, like my, even my friends that I had to remove myself from when I first quit drinking. And even now I will joke with them or I'll post on my stories and be like, I had to stop hanging out with my friends and they'll all message me and send me like winky faces. They're like, hi, just at me next time. but it's like it's so true because I had to remove myself and now I can be like on Friday I just went out to happy hour with my friends and I got a soda water and they got margaritas and it was like nothing like it's not like they're getting they both had like one margarita whereas before nobody wanted to be the person to put me into that situation and so I understand also if they thought like hey like we were just like trying to help you out And we didn't want to put you in that situation. And I'm like, yeah, I understand that. But then it's like the other side of it where I'm like, okay, well, I felt completely isolated. I didn't have any friends. I didn't like nobody invited me to even hang out with them. Both sides were really hard. And now I'm like, I had to sit down and have a conversation with them and be like, I still want to be invited. And I'm at a place now to where I can hang out with you guys and I cannot drink. And I appreciate you guys, but these are my goals. So if you guys try to mess with me or are like, hey, Mariah, just have one. One shot's not going to ruin you. Like, just do one. Like, not the people I surrounded myself with are good people. And nobody had ever put me in a situation to derail my goals. And I think that that's really important. Because if I was to hang out with any of my drinking friends or those party people, I know for a fact that, you know. Mm-hmm. They they would tempt me or pressure me into drinking because they don't they didn't care about me they cared about themselves really <laughs> yeah and that's really what is it what it is because people mm-hmm. are comfortable when they're around somebody who's doing something that either they de- deep down wish they could do or it seems like a oh you think you're better than me sort of situation yeah. but I mean I used to be one of those people I used to be one of those peer pressures all the time and it like Same. so was I. I give myself the ick. I'm like, Ooh, yeah. I don't like that. But I've been so fortunate now that at the times when I have decided, oh, I'm not going to drink. None of my, none of the people that I hang out with now pressure me into doing it. They're all very mm-hmm. respectful of that. And I've been able to go out with them and be like, oh no, today I'm not drinking or today I'm only having one and then I'm done. And they're like, yeah, yeah it's fine. We're just really happy that you're here. And I find that also a lot of times I just end up leaving early. <laughs> Yeah. I came home a lot earlier than if I were drinking because I'm like, all right, you know what? The music got really loud. I can't talk to anyone now. So I'm just going to yeah. go. Oh my gosh. It's so crazy that I would even go to like those bars where the music is so loud. <laughs> I was, I forget where I was recently, but I was sober at a bar and the music was so loud. And I was like, how did I enjoy this? Well, you realize that it was the alcohol that made yeah. it. Exactly. Actually being at these bars is not enjoyable sober. That's the whole thing. Right. I think it's like psychologically made to make you drink, right? Okay. If you Uh drink enough, this place will become tolerable. Yeah. It's true. (laughs) 
So I'm curious because my go-to when I'm not drinking, my go-to is I get a seltzer water with lime or lime juice a lot of times because I like a little bit more flavor, but I've seen mm-hmm. that you can actually get mocktails out. So yeah. do you think that most people, most places will make a mocktail? Have you ever had pushback? I always wonder that. And then mm-hmm. my anxiety just stops me and I'm like, all right, soda water it is. <laughs> Honestly, well, I worked at a lot of restaurants. And so I know that like, it's not too hard. Like if I look at an alcoholic, I can be like, okay, I can take the vodka out of that. And it's basically a juice. For the most part, I honestly order soda waters with wine. That's like my go-to. Or sometimes I'll order like a mojito, which is just like a mojito with no alcohol. And that's really easy because it looks fancy and there's a mint in there and you can get like different, like a strawberry mojito or whatever and like make it fun. But What's funny is that when you remove alcohol from your drink, so somebody who likes to drink, I don't know, a lava flow, for example, tons of calories, like alcohol, it's just like this big fruity drink. If you remove the alcohol from that, you're probably not going to drink more than one, if any at all, because you're like, that's just so much like sugar and so much calories. And so once you really start taking away the alcohol, just even drinking anything besides water is kind of pointless. (laughs) And it's like, I just, it's crazy to think how much alcohol I'd actually drink in a night. I would always get vodka, cranberry soda, but even that, now I can order that without the vodka and I'll go out and just order a soda water, but like those fancy fruity drinks, even mocktail versions are not that amazing. (laughs) I mean, in a lot of ways, I don't even drink the alcohol versions of them. I'm like, it's gross. It's like a ton of sugar in it. I cannot do it. So there's, and I'm just... I'm not a sweet tooth kind of gal. I like the savory. So I'd rather, I'd rather eat an appetizer than a dessert. So I'm definitely not super fruity drinks because they're just, Uh but I love a burrito on a hot day. So have you done like a mocktail version? Is there a mocktail? Um, No, unfortunately I am like, I love margaritas. That's like my go-to. Even right now, honestly, margarita sounds delicious, but (laughs) I'm just like not... Like there's no way to make it alcohol-free unless you get an alcohol-free tequila, then mm-hmm. you could make that. But just the way that it's made, it's basically just like lime juice. Yeah, literally. <laughs> tequila, yeah. lime juice. You can just like whip something up, find some kind of mix of liquids that somehow yeah. take Rita. What is it? Well, when you find it, let me know. <laughs> no, no. I want one. <laughs> Are there no? non-alcoholic brands or beverages that you've leaned to that you recommend? Yeah, I am like a kombucha queen. So I just drink kombucha. I pretty much have either a kombucha, there's these drinks called Olipop, which are delicious and they're full of pro and prebiotics. And so I definitely recommend Olipop. You can get them anywhere. That's like my favorite one right now. Or I'll just get flavored soda waters. And again, once you get I'm thinking back to like in the beginning when I was really trying to quit and it was really hard for me, I would definitely have more mocktails. Pretty much every night I was making some kind of mocktail and I like turned into this bartender that I thought was like this home bartender making, like even never before would I make anything fancy, but all of a sudden I'm like creating all these fancy mocktails. (laughs) But yeah, like now that I'm sober and alcohol isn't really something that I like struggle with as much as I used to. I just will have like a soda water or just water in general. Yeah. yeah. I I do find a lot of people will be like, but water gets boring. My go-to is Spindrifts. Like I love the yeah. flavored seltzer waters, but Spindrifts to me are my favorite. I don't really do the LaCroix. I don't love the flavor profiles of those. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
So spindrifts are my go-to and I'll usually like, I mean, I'm very used to in San Diego, you know, you pack a few beers to go to the beach. And if I'm like, all right, well, we're not drinking today, pack a few spindrifts because it doesn't feel like just water to me. And a lot of times all it needs to be, it just needs to be a change up from your norm. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed too, so like for anybody who is like trying to go out and wants to still be like has FOMO like me and wants to still be invited to go out, drinking is such a habit and it's literally just the act of having something in your hand. So if you're at a club or a bar or anything and you're trying to drink less or you want to only have one, just order soda waters and have something in your hand because that's all it is. Like nobody is drinking you know, like, I mean, obviously people want to get drunk and yes, that's like, can be fun to get drunk and go out, but it's just the habit of standing in a circle with all of your friends and everybody has a drink in. And if you don't have something to do with your hands, you're going to want to drink. Yeah. And so just hold the water, hold the soda water, <laughs> put some cranberry juice in there. And just also nobody knows. <laughs> Seriously. No one knows. That's like my go-to. I'm like, if you get soda water with lime, and make sure you get a lime mm-hmm. wedge. If you're around people who are the peer pressuring type, they're never yep. going to But they're yeah, never, it, ever it really know. does have a lot to do with knowing what to do with your hands. And I always think back to, I think it's it's a Will Ferrell movie. I think it's Talladega Nights where he doesn't know what to do with his hands. So they just keep floating up. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what I picture because I literally don't know what to do with my hands. So that the soda water really does help. But I've also found that when I'm at shows, especially music shows, I don't want anything in my hand and it's freeing to not have alcohol in my hand. I went to a recent show. I got one beer when I was out. I was like, that's it. That's all I need. And I got to the end of that beer where I was just like, oh, I just need to finish this because I don't want to hold it anymore. I literally just don't want the responsibility of this. So there's also Mm -hmm. sometimes realizing that, especially if you're in a place where you're dancing a lot, it's a nuisance. It's a nuisance. Oh my gosh, that is such a funny point because we've recently, like after COVID and everything, like all the shows now or like concerts that you're able to go to. I remember before COVID and like when I was drinking heavily, going to those concerts and literally spending the entire concert in line for drinks Uh and ordering, like always ordering two and it being a big deal to be like, I need two. Can you make them double? Because then we need to drink this and then we need to run out there. But by the time we get out there, and like are listening to two songs, we already want to like go back and stand in this ridiculously long line. And now that I'm sober and going to those shows, I'm like, oh, I'm not even in line anymore. And I actually like, I'm like, wow, this band is like really good. Or like, <laughs> wow, these people actually are not that great. And I thought they were great. <laughs> I was just drunk. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? But like, yeah, it's so nice to just, again, not have anything in your hands and actually enjoy yourself and not be wasting all of your money standing in line. Yeah. I do have to say Thank I'm so there much. at the shows where they make you buy water instead of having a water station. Cause I'm like, this yep. is like I, <laughs> I have to stand in line. <laughs> yeah. The whole, like, especially for me, like a lot of my sobriety months were like, Oh, I'm going to save money. Cause I mm-hmm. know at the time I was blowing so much of my money on alcohol. Yeah. And then I'd go to a bar with my friends still trying to enjoy a show or something. And they'd be like $8 for a bottle of water. I'm like, this is, <laughs> I might as well get <laughs> yeah, a and vodka soda for $5. Like, like I'd rather spend my money on a beer. I mean, yeah. now it's different, but yeah, I always just get so bitter when places make you spend an outrageous amount of money on the water. Yeah. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> Give me a solid. So true. Yeah. <laughs> Please. At that point, you might as well get the soda water. Yeah. They give that to you for free. <laughs> Some places charge $4 for soda water. Yes. I'm like, this is literally carbonated water. 
Mm -hmm. Why are you charging me? Because it's not a soda. For the effort. It's because they they hate the sober people because they don't make money. Yeah, (laughs) so true. You got to find a way to capitalize on it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I have a question for you. How long have you gotten sober for? Because you said like three or months of sobriety. What's like the longest you've been sober and how was your experience with it? I would say my longest, I think I've only done up to a month. I would always do, so there was a period of time in my life where I was doing a sober month every January. So it would be right after the holidays because I would always feel like I overdid it after the holidays. I would go 30 days sober and they'd be like, okay, I'm back out. For me now, it's a lot different where the stance that I've taken was, look, I really just in general want to pull back on my drinking. And I don't necessarily want to be completely sober at this point because I do want to enjoy a glass of margarita here and there or a glass of wine mm-hmm. here and there. But I didn't want to be doing what I was doing where it was constantly spending every Friday and Saturday partying and drinking throughout the whole night. And so I became a lot more aware of, okay, what, how much do I actually want to drink at this time? I started checking in with myself a lot more while I was out. And I would realize like, I get to a certain point in the night and be like, I don't actually want that next drink. I, it, I would go for it out of habit, but I didn't want it. And I found that I was able to pick and choose nights where I can now go out and be like, oh no, I'm not drinking tonight. Or I'm literally only having one drink tonight and be completely fine with it. And that's where I've come to with my own journey, because I found that a lot of times, like my sober months, my quote unquote sober months were done with, okay, it was a limited time. All I had to do was get to the end goal. And then I would go right back to doing what I was doing. Right. So it wasn't actually, I I didn't feel like it was benefiting me in the end, but when I would go sober or even now there would like on the days where I don't drink as much and I stop drinking earlier and I go home earlier. I'm like, I wake up in the morning. I'm like, damn, I have the whole day ahead of me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love not being hungover. And I think that was also the big change for me because I found that especially so my my general schedule would always be Friday nights we would stay in because we'd be exhausted from the the week then my husband would go out my husband and I would go out on Saturdays but then we'd spend all of Sunday hungover and it would always bleed into Monday right you never feel that great Mondays either and so when I would be sober or when I wouldn't drink nearly as much and I'd wake up on Sunday and be like wow I have my whole entire Sunday I'm not getting the Sunday scaries as bad anymore I'm not getting that anxiety the anxiety mm-hmm. for me. And so eliminating that was huge. And being able to go outside, especially living in San Diego, nothing makes you feel like a piece of shit, quite like spending your entire hungover Sunday inside. And so that was big for me is anytime I'm outside or I'm doing something, even if it's just gentle movement or like this past Sunday, I just laid out by my pool and it just felt so nice to not feel terrible. So that's how I've taken my journey. I've definitely, my mindset has changed over time with, you know, for a while I felt like I really wanted to go sober because I did feel out of control for a while. Now I've learned, okay, I can be in under control. And then I've also learned where are my triggers? So I know that if I'm, if I'm going through it mentally, I am at risk of like a binge drinking night. And so I'm a lot more aware of that. And I try to be, I try to be more cognizant of it and I try to not go out if I know I'm in a bad mental headspace because I know that I'm only triggering myself. Mm-hmm. 
setting yourself up for failure, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I'm learning a lot more coping mechanisms for sure. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest one. Like you said, your mindset shift. I think one of the biggest things, especially when I tried to quit that one time when I did my 30 days alcohol free, I remember just being like, I made it 10 days. Wow. I just really like standing at the bar during my shift, like, oh, I just wish I could have a margarita when I got off. Just making it so miserable for myself and being like, can't wait till the first of next month when I can finally have my drink. And like, it was just all of this negative self-talk. And then when I actually quit drinking after hitting my rock bottom, I just never set, like, I never had a goal for myself. It was just like, I'm never, more so of just like, I'm never drinking again. Like, the alcohol does this to me. It makes me feel like this. I have no control over it. And it was just such a mindset shift in reality, instead of just this, can okay, need to do 30 days. Once I do 30 days, like all of a sudden it's magic and I can like my whole body resets or whatever we think when we quit drinking for 30 days. Right. Um, and it's like, it's just the mindset. And now, like you're saying, you have control and you're able to just go and have one drink. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, I'm sure it was like, you know, you didn't have any control and it was all you looked forward to was your Saturday night of drinking. And it's like, okay, if I just make it to Saturday, I'm going to, I'm going to be fine. And it's like Monday morning, you wake up and you feel absolutely terrible. And you're like, if I just make it to Saturday, I'm, you know, everything's going to be fine. But now it's like, okay, you know, you have just a different outlook on life of like, okay, if I just have one on Saturday, I'm going to feel so much better on Sunday. And that's like what you look forward to now. And so mindset shift is huge. Yeah. And my biggest other thing is I've been driving a lot more. So it helps Mm -hmm. that we move. So one, like a couple of things in my life changed where we moved out of Pacific beach where I was living. And it was so easy to walk to all of my friends' places and all of the bars. Right. So we were just so close and you could go out at any time. And so we moved more to a suburb area, which was, and my husband and I both agreed. We were like, we're ready to slow down our lifestyles this is going to be a really good thing for us. And then once we moved out here, you know, the Uber situation is just super expensive for us to take Ubers out everywhere, especially just the two of us. Like when we were living in Pacific beach near all of our friends, we'd all pile into Ubers and split it. And it was so much cheaper. Now all of a sudden, you know, we're looking at the expense of it and I just go, okay, I'll drive. And that's been huge for me. So I drive when I go out and it's that, it's that motivator, right? Especially if you struggle with saying no, or you struggle with, Mm -hmm. there have definitely been times where I'm out and you can get caught up with the crowd. You can get caught up with the vibe and be like, okay, you know what? I, you know, I do want to drink. Right. And instead I'm like, no, well, I have to drive home. And that's that we've always, we talked about this before where we were like, well, if we ever decide to, we can always leave our car out and go back and get it. We did that once and it was miserable. We didn't want we didn't want to do that. And after that, Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, no, in reality, I don't actually want to do that. So I'm going to drive home. So that's been also a nice shift for me is, oh, I'll just drive. And then that way I'm saving money on Ubers. I'm saving money on booze and you know, it, it all works out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I've totally done that before. Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. And especially if you are (laughs) in in that phase where phase where you're trying to hold yourself accountable to some degree, right. And especially if you're in that position where you're genuinely trying to change your lifestyle and there's like quite a few changes that need to be made, putting in those blockers, like I have to drive, you know, or scheduling something the next morning, like a yoga class and being like, well, I need to get up for yoga. So I better not feel like, right, right. 
that a lot of times like helps with that accountability piece that I've seen mm-hmm. at least over the course of my, my adventures with figuring all of this out. Yeah. No, 1000%. Yeah. You got to set yourself up for success. And then you also got to just learn some accountability because yeah. if you can't learn to hold yourself accountable either, you're, you're not going to be successful in all reality. Like you have to, just like we show up for appointments or, you know, we have like scheduled calls or anything like that. You got to show up for it. So if you're just constantly skipping those things too, which I would do a lot with being hungover and drinking and stuff. Once you just, yeah. Yeah. Show up for it like it's a scheduled appointment and you show up for yourself like that. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but I read this Naked Mind and it was actually recommended to me by a friend of mine who she just went on her sobriety journey and she cut Mm -hmm. out alcohol like significantly out of her life. Did you have any resources like that or anything that you read or accounts that you followed that you felt helped you along the journey or learn along the way? Yeah. One of like the number one things that I did when I quit drinking was unfollowed. I think over like 600 people on my Instagram. So people who like my drinking friends, I unfollowed all of them um, accounts that were more geared towards that drinking lifestyle. And then I also started following a lot of people. There's this one Instagram, it's called Sober Girls Society. And they have tons and tons of resources on their stuff. They put like mocktail recipes up. She has this guide for living an alcohol-free lifestyle, which I got that too, which was really helpful. And then they always make these posts where it's like, find your tribe. And you basically just like in the comments, you put where you're from and you leave a little bio for yourself. And it's kind of cool to just scroll through and see what other people are about, see why they quit drinking. And maybe just from that, you can connect. So I did that a lot through one of my like alcohol-free phases. I also did 75 hard, the challenge, which I don't recommend to anybody. (laughs) Don't take this as a sign to do 75 hard, please. (laughs) But it was really good for my mental, like the mental toughness side of it. That's literally what it is. It's not a weight loss thing at all but I was supposed to read 10 pages of a book every day a self-development book and just that habit alone completely transformed my life and so I was already like used to working out and all that kind of stuff so I was disciplined there but reading I had never finished an adult or like finished reading a book in my adult life Mm -hmm. Uh, and I read I think eight different books throughout 75 hard 75 days and it was incredible and I like just soaked up all of this self-development stuff and like Mm -hmm. just reading different types of books Atomic Habits was a book that really changed my life as well as The Power of Now those were two books that I always refer back to and always still like reread different chapters and stuff just because they impacted my life a lot yeah yeah I've read quite a few of those I went on a huge (laughs) self self self-help book kick yeah and I was consuming a ton of those. And then I got really burnt out on it. And lately my new thing has been, I got really back into fantasy and fiction books. So I reread or like, I don't, some of them I read, some of them I do audiobooks. So I redid yeah. all of the Harry Potter series. I got very immersed in that. And then I did the hunger games and, oh, I also mm-hmm. watched all of the movies of Harry Potter and the hunger games as I got through the books. And now I'm on to like my next series of books. And all of a sudden I fell back in love with reading. And even I went to a baseball game last night and Sean was like, oh, are you excited for the game? I was like, I don't know. It's kind of really cutting into my reading time. Oh my God. I'm so that person too. (laughs) I am so immersed again. And I fell back in Uh love with reading. Yeah. 
That is, I was actually just talking with my friend about this too, but every morning I always read. Now it's a habit of what I do throughout my daily lifestyle. I always read like either a chapter or for 15 minutes, even if I don't finish a chapter, I'll just read every morning. And in the morning, I'm always self-development, whether that's like, you know, one of my books or it's not for pleasure so much. It's more so just learning and setting my mindset and my expectations for the day. And then at night, that's when I, (laughs) that's when I read. (laughs) That's when I get wild. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, And that's like, I'm into the Colleen Hoover books right now, if you've read any of those, but those ones, that's a, that's a habit right there. Literally, if you want to quit drinking, read a fantasy book and your social life will just go down the train. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, because then it also becomes all consuming because it's all you want to talk about. And yeah. so with your friends, you're like, wait, can I talk about this? <laughs> They'll stop inviting you out. It's perfect. <laughs> It's perfect. It's just killing two birds with one stone. You still yeah, it's a win-win. <laughs> but that's right. That's it. Like that's one of the things that I wouldn't do in my super heavy drinking days is I wasn't mm-hmm. ever. And now that I'm, you know, I've been cutting back. I've been trying to find hobbies. Like I need yeah. something to do with my life. I'm just blowing through books and it's awesome. Yep. I think that's important. Absolutely. Yeah. I love reading and I was not this kind of person at all before. Yeah. I I've go in and out with it and I'm happy to be back in it for sure. Yeah. Right now, you know, as long as I can keep the good books going and it's like, once I finish one book, I have a void that I have to fill. And if, as long as yeah. I can something, find something that fills that void, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> at times you just, you get to the end and you're like, oh my God, like I finished the Harry Potter series and I was like, I, but I need another Harry Potter. Yeah. Why why did I finish this so I need cool? another one? Yeah. yeah. That's the best when you get to the end of the book and you're like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Be> slower. <laughs> so in terms of your sober journey, what were the biggest mindset shifts that you felt like you had to make in order for you to be successful in this journey? I feel like we touched upon a lot, but I mm-hmm. I like the ones that you felt were the most important. Number one is having a why. And so for myself, my daughter was my number one reason why I quit drinking. And she will always be my number one motivator for like my why. And so just finding something for yourself, like what is that? What does that look like for you to like, you know, what do you need to hold you accountable? And she definitely did that for me. Cause again, like as her mom, I want to be the best example. And I want to just, yeah, I want to show her how to live a lifestyle that, you know, has purpose in it. And I wasn't living that. So I think that number one, that was my biggest motivator. And then just not feeling like crap all the time was my second one, realizing the confidence that I got from that I was trying to get through drinking, and realizing that I have so much more confidence, and I'm so much more fulfilled and just happier without alcohol in my life. That's another motivator. Yeah. Yeah. I think I found, I know, like I found my purpose through my sobriety and I can 100 million thousand percent tell you that I would not be here if I was not on this journey. Like I would have never started my business because I had no confidence. Mm -hmm. There's like, I didn't feel good about myself. And so there's no way that I would have felt good about helping other women work out or, you know, live this kind of lifestyle. So, and I want to touch into the find your why. Because 
one of the whys that does not work that I can vouch for is to save money because yeah. then any yeah. moment in time where you're around free alcohol that goes out the window or you like mm-hmm. your BYO alcohol or anything like that. Like yeah. if you can justify it in some way it does not yeah. work. And so yeah, for people buy you drinks. <laughs> yeah. Like other people will buy you drinks. There's always, there's always a way around it. And then there's always going to be that event that's like open bar. And you're like, well, <laughs> that's going down. The yeah. Track. So I found that exactly what you said with finding a much deeper why as to why you don't want to drink and getting more in touch with your motivations as to why you drink. Mm-hmm. You know? So one of the things that I've been posing a question to my clients when we're talking about cutting back on drinking and whatnot is I'm going, what is it about the experience that you're going for? So if they're going out to dinner and they're sharing drinks with friends or they're going to an event where they typically drink a lot. And I'm like, what about this event do you actually enjoy? And all of a sudden you realize, well, I'm not actually really there to drink alcohol unless you are. And then you're like, well, now you might not actually enjoy the activity as it is, right? But I find that digging deeper into your why as to why you're drinking and why you genuinely want to stop and what are the benefits that it can provide is so helpful. And that piece about you saying, you know, the second part, not feeling like crap the next day, that's like your positive reinforcement. Yeah. Waking up that day and going, you know what? I love feeling this way and getting in touch with that Mm -hmm. and recognizing it. I found that that helped me the most to positively reinforce. Wow. I really like waking up and not feeling like shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, we get so stuck in this loop too, especially if you're just drinking every weekend and you get so used to being hungover on Saturday or Sunday morning, and then it just kind of becomes your norm. But once you have those moments of like, oh my gosh, like, you know, even now I remember recently back a couple of years, um, months ago, I was drinking again and I had a couple of weekends where I was really hungover and I was just like, okay, well, you know, I'm hungover again. Like, whatever. And then the next week I found myself hungover again. And I'm like, okay, why am I, what is it about this thing that I'm doing? That's making me, I know how great I feel when I'm sober. I've been sober for years before. And so like, why now what's going on? That's making me okay with this, because this is not okay with the Mariah I know, you know? And so now I'm going back to my purpose and what is like, what is the reason why, you know, it was a lack of confidence. Was there something going on that was much deeper in my personal life that I was trying to cover up? You know, like, am I, what am I going through mentally? Maybe I'm not feeling great about myself and things like that. And actually finding if you don't have a kid or you don't have like, you're like, well, maybe I don't really have a reason to quit. Working on yourself and like feeling better about who you are and finding confidence again is like more than enough of a reason to to quit because you know we're all so you're worth it and so just remembering that and knowing that you and yourself are a good enough reason to quit drinking it's like everyone (laughs) any final tips tricks things that you feel like people need to know if they do venture into this sober journey or even a sober curious journey if anybody wants to really kickstart pulling back their you know their alcohol consumption I think just being prepared for the emotional side of it, because when we drink, we really are covering up whatever we're struggling with internally. And so now that we don't have the alcohol to cover that up, you really are like faced with your emotions and faced with things that you didn't realize you were covering up when you were drinking. And so for myself, I went through like so many really hard 
days and moments of just being like so hard on myself and my body and whatever I was struggling with my confidence and how I looked and things like that were like really hard for me. Whereas when I would just go out and drink, I would forget about, you know, what I was struggling with. And so just, again, being prepared for that and being able to work through those moments through like journaling, through having somebody that you can confide in and talk with. I think that's like the number one thing. Support is huge for myself. It was my boyfriend and he literally like, even though he didn't quit drinking, but he was my number one support, my biggest fan. And that was like, so, so helpful for me. And yeah. What was that like going through? I know now all of a sudden it's a brand new question. Yeah. (laughs) Going through quitting alcohol while your boyfriend still drinks. Did you find that that was more difficult or because he was so supportive You didn't think twice about it. I think remembering that this was my journey and that I, well, and I mean, I don't want to sound like I was perfect through all of this and I didn't resent him and I wasn't mad at him. Like (laughs) we definitely had fights and moments of like, I was very resentful. And in those now, like looking back or thinking about those moments, I just had to remember that this was for me and that I can't change anything that he's, you know, He doesn't, nobody needs to quit drinking if they're not struggling with, you know, like you don't need to do this. And remembering that my choices aren't anybody else's choices. So just like if I was to go out with my friends, I wouldn't sit there and force them to quit drinking and be like, Hey, I'm not drinking. Why aren't you guys drinking? But then when it came to my boyfriend, I would, I would do that to him. And I'm like, okay, why am I, why am I doing that to him when I want to do that to anyone else? And so once I had those moments of realizing that it became a lot easier And just communicating. Your communication is so much better when you're sober. And so now that I was, you know, that I was sober, I was able to have those conversations of like, hey, I feel terrible about myself. I'm really struggling right now. And I want to drink. Just being like, it would help me if you went to the store and every time you bought yourself like a six pack or whatever you're drinking, if you could just bring me home something to like, first, let me know that you're thinking about me. That's the number one. <laughs> but also just like, like being like, hey, babe, I still want to enjoy a drink with you. I still want you to have something. And that was really helpful and supportive. But number one is just, you can't change anybody around you and you can't force sobriety onto anybody, but you can't ask for their support. Yeah. Oh, ain't that the yeah. truth? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good it's hard. I like that. Yeah. that was, snaps for that. but you can ask for support yeah yeah well cool i cannot appreciate you more than i do right now for coming on and talking about this i know you got really vulnerable at a lot of times and i appreciate sharing even like the hardest parts of your journey Mm -hmm. yeah well thank you so much this was i love you know i love talking about this and just like such a huge change in my life and i hope that this resonated with somebody that you guys enjoyed it (laughs) thank you for tuning in to listen to the anti-macro podcast i am so happy to be a part of your health journey if you liked this episode be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts you're now one step closer to ditching diet culture and finding real food freedom